Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Darren Berry, a big part of SEN Summer of Cricket Coverage, has been good enough to join us this morning. Morning, Chuck. Morning, Jules. How are you going? Very well. Yourself? Uh, not bad. Looking forward to tonight's big bash clash and then obviously really looking forward to the build-up to the uh, Boxing Day Test match. And it's great that we can get you know some sort of semblance of a big crowd back at the awakening of the MCG. I'll speak to you about the big bash uh, very shortly, but uh, we just played those comments before uh, from Steve Smith that was not overly happy with that Ian Chappell talking about the short pitch bowling and maybe the umpires need to step in if some of the tail enders are, are copying some short pitch stuff. Where do you sit on on the short ball and um, is it a, is it a worry if we're getting tailenders bounced or is that just all part of the game? No, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I think it's part of the game. I mean, what you're, you're allowed to bowl half volleys, but you're not allowed to bowl half trackers. I mean, it's part of the game, and I think intimidation is also part of the game. And your ability to be able to play that, if you're playing at the highest level, you've got to find a way to be able to evade the short ball, or more importantly. Good players find a way to score off the short ball. So, personally, Jules, and it's all an opinion, I suppose, I don't have a problem. It's part of the bowler's weaponry to be able to bowl full, short, swing, you know, all those type of things. No issues, my end. We spoke to Robert Craddock uh, earlier in the show, and he's written an article today saying if, if we can't get a crowd in Sydney, th- this test, this third test uh, in Sydney should be moved to Melbourne. What's your thoughts on that? Probably asking the wrong person there. I'm happy to have them all at the MCG, <laughs> mate. Uh, but look, Sydney is a very much important part of the cricketing schedule. And look, I hope, uh, you know, we've been through in Melbourne, what we've been through this winter has been horrible. And it's just a shame that Sydney siders and to an extent, I suppose, other parts of Australia now, you know, re- under real threat to lose Christmas, which is a very special time for everybody. Uh, I-, I would like to see the Sydney test go ahead. It's not looking great. So if not, uh, Melbourne is the venue for sure for me. The double header, you know, back to back, if you like, two big test matches. What would that mean in terms of the wicket, there's always been a lot of focus on the MCG pitch in recent years. And in fairness to, to Matt Page and the team, they produced a really good uh, test wicket yep. last year. Um, how would that all work, do you think, if we've got to have back-to-backs? Uh, so long as the, I'm sure, and again, I don't know this, Jules, but I'm sure they would be now planning for it. And uh, as you know, the MCG now has dropping wickets. So I would suggest, uh, you know, as of a week ago, when this sort of kicked off, they would have, and I don't know exactly how much time you need to prepare a wicket, but they would have had wickets in on the go. You would, they wouldn't just prepare one wicket for the Boxing Day test. They'd have plan A, B and C. Uh, and, you know, obviously A will be the Boxing Day wicket. And I reckon plan B and C might now be uh, getting a few extra groundsmen to do some work on that for the, the likely event that the um, the New Year's test is there. Yeah, I'm sure that they will be prepared. And, and obviously the Boxing Day test is massive and it, it's going to be really or even bigger this year, because of the tribute we're going to see to uh, Dean Jones. And it, it, 
were asking fans, uh, even in their lounge rooms, to salute Dino by donning zinc cream, which was his trademark. Also, a formal tribute to Dino is planned during the tea break at 3.24 on Boxing Day. Of course, 324 was Jones's highest first-class score and also his test cap uh, number for Australia. So that's going to be a pretty emotional time come Boxing Day as well. Oh, very much so, Jules, and obviously something very, very close to my heart. I spent the last five years uh, uh, alongside Dino in the Pakistan Super League as his assistant coach. We've shared an enormous amount of time together. When I first started as a kid for Victoria, I was his roommate. Uh, we had a fallout mid, mid-career, and uh, you know, just because he's no longer with us, Dino fell out with a few people, but I'm one of the lucky ones, I think, that absolutely saw the softer side of Dean Jones and the real person. I know his family well. Uh, I'm going on Boxing Day as a guest of uh, his wife, Jane, and their children um, to a a very special luncheon. And it is going to be very emotional for me personally because I never got to say goodbye to one of my good friends. It was a tragedy. And I hope all Melbournians uh, and across the country will will absolutely pay tribute to someone that was an innovator, Jules, in, in world. He was before his time, mate. He was a T20 player before anyone thought of it. Um, he was a truly great player. You don't say that lightly. He was a great player. For me, he's the best one-day player, and we've had some greats with Bevan and Hussey and the Wards and Warren and McGrath. Dean Jones was a very, very special cricketer, and I'm lucky enough to say that uh, through good times and bad times, I was one of his close friends, and to be honest, mate, I'm still really, uh, I don't know what the words are, mate. I just like can't believe it's happened. I really can't believe it's happened. I spoke to him on the phone for two hours the day before the tragic news come through and it's just, you're just so unexpected. So I'll be there with thousands of others, Melbournians, and uh, yep, I might even have to get the zinc cream out on the bottom lip. Definitely. I, I, was, I was thinking, when you were speaking there, I was thinking for his close friends like yourself, it probably still hasn't sunk in that uh, Dino is no longer with us. And no doubt that will be a beautiful tribute on Boxing Day. And given his popularity amongst Victorians, uh, that is going to be certainly something to see. Just looking ahead to the Test match, what are you expecting from India here in terms of the changes they'll make to their lineup, And and what sort of response can we expect? I mean, losing their best player, losing one of their great bowlers in Shammy, coming off a humiliating defeat. What sort of response do you expect from the tourists? Well, it doesn't look good, but they are very proud. They are a very proud nation. And, you know, last time they were on our shores, they, they beat us. And obviously now Smith back in and still conjecture whether Warner will be, Warner will be back in for uh, Boxing Day. Um, it'll be interesting. I think Rohit Sharma is their experienced player, but he's coming out of the quarantine. Whether or not he's got enough sort of match conditioning under his belt to put him straight in, he's their best player, I think, Rohit Sharma. But... I think KL Rahul is another one that could come in in any spot in the order, and he's an aggressive player. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him come in. There's a bit of talk about the opener in in Gill. Uh, Not only the fact that Coley is gone, they lose his leadership. Uh, They had some troubles right through the order, but even in the first innings, their top order wasn't great. So, look, while we've got them down, we've got to to really rub their nose in it at Boxing Day, I would have thought, and... I'd love Australia to go 2 nil up and sort of, you know, go to Sydney with their tails between their legs. But I do expect a stern response. You know, Ashwin and Jasper Boomer and a few other proud players in that lineup. Um, be interesting to see who they replace Mohammed um, Shami with as well, one of the young bowlers. So there's no jewels. They're undermanned. And, and we go in, you know, raging favourites for this test for sure. Yeah, and of course, we've got to remember too, Ishan Sharma's not here. Another one that would certainly be uh, in that bowling yep. attack. What about behind the stumps? Could you see a change behind the stumps for India as well? 
Well, look, that's an interesting one. Again, I think Ridiam Saha is the best wicketkeeper in the world. I think he is number one. So for me, as a keeper, I'm picking him. But last time they were here, Rishpa Pant, who mm. we know is an aggressive left-handed bat uh, and can keep wickets. I'm sure they'll consider that. Saha has got a pretty good record, you know, as a, as a batsman in test cricket as well. So I would stay with the best wicketkeeper. I always would. But it wouldn't surprise me if India maybe sort of pushed the panic button a bit and think, well, there's another change we can go with. I don't think they'll bring him in just as a batsman, given they've got Rahul, Gill and Rohit Sharma. Do they replace the keeper? Better minds than mine will be, uh, you know, swinging over that at the moment. Not for mine. I'm staying with the best keeper, Saha. And looking at the Australian team, we're expecting probably unchanged with David Warner battling to be fit and Will Pekoski uh, still not available. I know you were one of several that were pretty staggered that Joe Burns was selected for the last test. What, what, what do you read into that second innings performance from, from Joe Burns? Well, we take it as a positive, absolutely. And again, when I was saying about Joe Burns, I've got nothing against the kid. He's a bloody good player. But I just felt leading into that test, there was no way he should have played because his form was atrocious. And I stand by those words, as many others would. But selectors, you know, they had a plan. They stuck. And he's got that not out in the second inning. So... You'd suggest now, you know, if they've gone that far, I don't think they're going to put a pin in now if Warner comes in. So Burns will play. Uh, if Warner's available, he goes in at the top. And then they've got a decision to make, whether it's Travis Head, Matthew Wade, or young Cameron Green at six, one of them will have to miss out if, if Warner comes in. But still, that's to be finalised. So they're the only options. The, the bowling attack, it's the best uh, bowling attack in the world. That remains unchanged. Three best quicks and the best off-spinner in, in the world. Um, and Payne's doing a wonderful job as captain and keeper. So it's just that batting order to shore up, and I'd suggest if Warner comes in, uh, Travis Head or, or Matthew Wade will probably go out. Seen a few people asking on Twitter today about Tim Payne. Is he the best keeper in the world? Well, I just said to you, I think William Saha is the best wicketkeeper in the world, but Tim Payne's very close behind. He's definitely the best wicketkeeper in our country, and a lot of people maybe still debate that and say, oh, we're not sure... Tim Payne has been outstanding since he's taken over the captaincy of Australia. Uh, in all for, in all areas, I think his leadership has grown, and I and I love the way he goes about it. He's still he's prepared to push the boundaries and not be walked over, but he's also very respectful and natural in the media. I reckon he's a star. His batting's more than adequate. People are on his back about his batting. I think I read a stat, Julian, that behind Adam Gilchrist, who was a freak, he's got the second best batting average in Australian wicketkeeper. So forget about that. And then people that don't understand wicket-keeping, and, and I hope I'm qualified enough to comment on this, he's a quality wicket-keeper, Tim Payne. He's worked to Nathan Lyon. So for me, it's not even a discussion. Tim Payne is the Australian captain, wicket-keeper batsman, for as long as he he wants it and his form remains that way. There's not even a discussion for mine. Yeah, you did say Saha was the best. Uh, my apologies. Uh, and I think you're more than qualified. You're right. He's, uh, his batting average now is better than Brad Haddon. On to the BBL, another... Howler of a decision last night. I mean, oh. where, where do you sit on the lack of DRS in the B, BBL? Well, first and foremost, I'm not a fan of DRS. I never have been. I don't like it. I think all it does is protect the umpire. I hate the uh, the uh, ball tracking that half the ball's hitting and half of it's not. If the, I've always said if the bales are being hit, it is out. When you let the ball go, Jules, outside off stump, right, and you don't play a shot, and it just clips the top of the off bale, and the bale falls off, are you out? You're out bowl, don't you? You are out, yes. Yeah. So then the DRS says, oh, the ball's only hitting half the stump. Yeah, well, guess what? It's out. 
Yeah, true. So I, I, I hate, the, I don't like the DRS. I never have, and it, for me, it was designed to protect the umpire's decision. And when it goes back, I don't like it. However, what we saw last night, you, you don't need the DRS. That is just purely and simply, right, that is umpire, umpire error. I mean, you know, my wife doesn't even understand the game, and she said that he hit that. You know, I could see it, I could hear it. So that is just a monumental error by the umpire. No umpire goes out there to make mistakes. They've got a tough job, right? And they've got to make an instantaneous decision. I don't say for a minute it's easy. But if you are umpiring at that level and you can't see that that's caught behind, you shouldn't be at that level. I'm sorry, that was a shocking, shocking decision. And then, and I've seen umpires do this before, I think he probably thought, gee, maybe I made a mistake. And then the worst thing an umpire can do is justify his decision to the bowler. And when he said, I thought he hit the ground, that actually made Jules' bad decision 10 times worse because blind Freddie could see that his bat was about a foot, two foot off the ground. So he made a mistake with his decision and then a mistake in his justification. I don't even know who the umpire was, to be honest, but unfortunately, we can't sugarcoat it. He's had a shocker. Yeah, that was an absolute howler. And uh, AJ Ty, not happy and uh, fair enough too. Uh, Darren, thank you so much uh, for your time. Big Bash returns tonight. The Brisbane Heat and the Adelaide Strikers. You can hear it here on SEN. Uh, Enjoy that. Enjoy the Boxing Day test. Have a great Christmas and we'll touch base again soon. Thanks, Jules. I'm looking forward to it. Calling the action tonight. Heat and Strikers and they both need a win. I think Andy Maher and myself on Big Bash Nation. So uh, tune into that one on SEN and have a good Christmas to you and all your listeners. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.